Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining with me. I'm Dale. Let's look at 1 Peter 3. That's what we've been working through in the last several episodes. And we're actually getting into the things that are are sort of interesting. I said, I think very, very interesting. And honestly, these are things that from time to time, when someone is preaching a sermon series or teaching a sermon things, or you encounter a Sunday school uh, lesson covering a particular portion, these are the verses that quite often are skipped. Okay? Quite often they're skipped. Sometimes people say, well, this doesn't apply to us right now. Sometimes they're forthrightly honest saying, this is just too weird. Uh, to get into right now, so let's go to the skip these next few verses. Okay, sometimes preachers will say that kind of thing. So what we're looking at is we're looking at First Peter three, and we've looked at chapter uh, verses seventeen through twenty. But I want to set the context because it's sort of important. It's actually given a picture. Jesus says this. The Spirit says this to us through Peter, verse seventeen, that it is better if God should so will that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Verse 18, for Christ, and so he's using Christ as an example. For Christ also died for us once for all, the just for the unjust. So the idea being, he did not suffer. I mean, he just didn't give me a no. He did not do anything wrong, but he did suffer. He was sinless. Okay, He was the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. Remember, we talked about that in the last episode. Go see Genesis 6, and you'll see some insight about that. Verse 20, who once were disobedient, so that the spirits were disobedient. Were disobedient to who? Well, obedience and disobedience centers around who? The Most High God, right? So they were once disobedient. Well, when were they disobedient? When the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, they were disobedient and the Lord kept waiting and kept waiting and he was patient and he was patient in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark. Yes, I think he was waiting for the ark to be completed before he brought forth complete judgment, but he was also given these uh, uh, spirits time to recant, to repent, to do whatever during uh, particularly the people involved during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. So we saw in the last episode that Peter believed in the full account, of the biblical account of Noah, that he constructed an ark, that there was a flood because he said eight persons were brought safely through the water. If eight persons were brought safely through the water, that means the flood was universal. Okay, It wasn't just a regional flood when there was only eight people who survived. Now, the reason I wanted to share that again is because of verse 21, the last two verses of 1 Peter 3. Corresponding to that, well, corresponding to what? Well, what he just said in the previous verse, that there were eight persons that were brought safely through the water. Are you ready for this? Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Now, I know some people are listening right now, and they're shocked. And I know some uh, of our Church of Christ brethren are ecstatic right now. But you need to read the rest of the sentence, okay? Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. 
not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers have been subjected to him. Boy, that's a loaded thing right there, those last two verses, aren't they? Just one little sentence. So what he's saying is, <coughs> it's not the baptism that saves you. It's the appeal to God for a good conscience. It's the crying out in faith and belief to God, in repentance and confession, and in belief, because he says through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the belief that Jesus Christ was uh, killed, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected on the third day on your behalf. It's the Lord that convicts us related to that. It's the Lord who draws us. So it's not the act of the baptism, the removal of dirt from the flesh that saves you, but th it's this appeal. Now, is baptism important? Absolutely. It's very, very important. If someone comes to me and says, I'm a, I'm a believer, I've been a believer for years, but I've never been baptized because I don't think it's, you need to do that. It's all by faith. Then I'm going to tell them, well, you're being deceived. But if someone comes to me and tells me, well, you can't be saved unless you've been baptized, particularly a certain kind of way like we think you're supposed to be baptized, I will tell them that, no, you're in error right there because it's an appeal to God. But then he tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ was resurrected and where the Lord is. The last verse, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven. Well, gone into heaven when? After what? After angels? And authorities and powers had been subjected to him. What angels, what authorities, what powers were subjected? Were, were not the angels and authorities and powers in heaven already subject to him before he took on the form of flesh and came to earth? Well, yes, they were. So who's he talking about here? Well, it's sort of an interesting kind of thing. Uh, just the basics of it is this. I think he's referring to the angels that rebelled. The one-third of the angels that went with Lucifer. When Lucifer said, I will be God. I will ascend to the mount. I will do this. And God says, no, you won't. And uh, God dethroned him, took him down from his position. He, he uh, is no longer in heaven, but Satan, Lucifer, still has access to heaven. Okay? He is the accuser of the brethren that comes before the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who intercedes for us in relationship to that. He still has access to heaven, but a day is coming when he will be thrown out. Uh, go see Revelation 12. For the access part, go read Job 1, and you'll see what's going on there. I think it's these angels, these authorities, these powers that have been subjected to him. Now, of course, that begs the question. People say, well, if they're subjected to him, then why is it that we still have evil? Why do we have to put up all this kind of stuff? Well, that's a great question. And it all boils down to God's timing, to God's glory, and the Lord working things out in the way uh, that he desires, which is absolutely perfect. That's what you have to keep in mind. In other words, are you going to trust your ability or my ability to understand and explain, or are we going to trust the Most High God. So let me read this again, verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Corresponding to that, and he used the, uh, the flood as an example of how they walked safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, but not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of God the Father, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. The book of 1 Peter has such tremendous jewels of truth that gives us interpretation to the Old Testament. So I really encourage you, even go back before you rest upon your night bed this evening and read these first three chapters of 1 Peter and see what the Lord reveals to you. Again, I'm Dale, and I thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time.